0: This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. On anything as another day, the clock kind of ticks down on another day heading towards the deadline of March 29th which is when the UK separates from the European Union. Now we've heard about the votes that were lost today or and oddly won today by the Labour Opposition MP who tabled a bill uh, essentially against the idea of a no-deal Brexit forever and that passed. And yet anything Theresa May puts out there can't get passed. Now, the Prime Minister has addressed the House of Commons in the past few moments and she says that the British Parliament needs to decide how it wants to proceed.
1: The legal default in UK and EU law remains that the UK will leave the EU without a deal unless 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 something else is agreed. The onus is now on every one of us in this House to find out what that is. The options before us are the same as they always have been. We could leave leave with the deal which this government has negotiated over the past two years. We could leave with the deal we have negotiated but subject to a second referendum. But that would risk no Brexit at all. Damaging damaging the fragile trust between the British public and the members of this House. We could seek to negotiate a different deal, however, the EU has been clear that the deal on the table is indeed the only deal available.
0: What the heck is going on there? As we said, March 29th is the final deadline. Let's talk more about this with our next guest, who's Daniel Groh, who's the director of the Centre for European Policy Studies in Brussels and a former advisor to both the European Parliament and the UK government. Daniel, thank you for joining
2: us. Certainly, my pleasure.
0: Can you figure out, Daniel, what is happening over in the UK? Like, What do they want?
2: Well, they know what they don't want. They don't want no deal. They want to have an agreement with the EU, but they don't want the agreement which Theresa May has brought home. Um. Now, that is the entire problem. She brought home a deal which respected her red lines, and given her red lines, that was the only deal available. If one has different red lines, a quite different deal becomes available. But of course, timing is running very short to negotiate a new deal.
0: So how did they get themselves here? Like, you talked about her red lines. Well, what were they? What what did other MPs find so objectionable?
2: Well, she, uh, for Theresa May, a red line was to have no jurisdiction of the European Court of Justice, uh, not to have a customs union with the European Union under which uh, Britain would no longer be able to determine its own commercial policy, uh, not to have free movement of people, all these things which are essential to the EU but many in peace think that some of these things are actually not so objectionable they could have accepted them and uh, that is now what they have to find out what kind of deal uh, the majority in the house of commons could actually accept
0: isn't time running out like shouldn't this have been
2: decided like a year ago of course this is where the prime minister comes in she could have she knew already a year ago that the deal with her red lines would not have been accepted so she could have shifted her red lines but she did not. And uh, because I thought, she, I think she was hoping that coming closer to the deadline, Parliament in the end would grudgingly accept her deal. So she was playing chicken with faced. them. Exactly. And now the Parliament is trying to play chicken with her. But there's a difference. A Parliament is 600 different people. To bring them together is very difficult.
0: Right, but then, meanwhile, on the European Union side, they're preparing for this, and it doesn't seem like the UK is preparing for this.
2: Um, That is uh, always the case. When you are too much staring at one thing, uh, which was in the case of Theresa May, her deal, then you forget about all the rest, and you do not prepare for the worst. But I think the, actually, you will be quite accommodating if there's a majority in the House of Commons which says actually, we would like to go for a different deal, and we don't have all these red lines of Theresa May. If the House of Commons does that in the next days, then I think many things become possible.
0: Interesting. But there is no consensus, is there, among other members of Parliament, about what would actually work for them? Like, what
2: would they agree on? Exactly. They have to find out. And uh, this is, again, a prudent government would have held these consultations already a year ago. Now, two weeks before the deadline, they have to find out whether there's a majority perhaps for what's called a customs union, where the UK would adopt the commercial policy of the EU. And if there's a majority for that, which is actually a labor idea, then maybe a new deal could be struck rather soon. But
0: that doesn't seem likely to happen at this
2: point, does it, Daniel? It is not to be ruled out. We had already one (coughs) event today, which was very significant namely a labor amendment which passed although the government whipped against it so if it is possible that perhaps there comes another labor amendment which uh, says we prefer to have a customs union with the eu to be integrated in the european market there's again the possibility that would command a majority in the house and at that point theresa may if she really respects the house would have to go back to the eu and say Look, guys, one red line has fallen. Now we can strike a different deal.
0: What would you advise the European Union at this point about how to deal with the UK? They keep seeming to want to come back and renegotiate something. Why, what, is it, what is in store for the EU? Like, why should they listen at this point?
2: The EU, for the time being, just tries to keep out uh, of British politics. Nobody will gain in Europe by trying to appear to take sides. But the line is actually quite clear. If the UK wants to have a substantially different deal, much more integrated in the EU, then the EU is open to say, we give you more time. But in that case, the UK has to participate in the European elections. What that would... is something which the EU will grant.
0: Right. What would you advise Prime Minister Theresa May to do at this point?
2: I think she should concede defeat. Her red lines, her strategy has backfired she should tell the House of Commons, okay, my deal was not accepted. Um, we have to go back to the people and ask them, uh, what do you really want? What kind of deal do you want? And they, you cannot do that through a referendum because there are three or four or five choices. You have to have new elections and then a new government will be able to prepare a new negotiation.
0: Is there time for that?
2: If there is a new elections and a willingness In the UK to consider a totally different kind of deal than the UK than the European Union will say, "Okay, we see that things have really fundamentally changed. You can stay in for another year or two and this will give you, UK, the time to find out what you really want. This I think the EU would grant.
0: Have you been surprised watching how this has unfolded over the last two years?
2: I must say, yes, I'm pleasantly surprised, because uh, we thought that uh, Britain had one of the oldest democracies, one of the best-governed countries in the world, but it seems it got hijacked by its two-party system, where each party put a higher value on party unity than the common good of the country.
0: And do you think the people in the UK understand that?
2: If I were living in the UK, and if I were not (laughs) immersed in European politics, (laughs) I would really wonder what's going on. I would think two years ago, more than two years ago, we voted uh, for uh, leaving, and we still haven't left. We still don't know how and when we are leaving, what's going on here.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right, so Daniel, what is your prediction then? Do you have any prediction for what might happen in the next few weeks?
2: I would say it is likely, more likely that in the end, The House of Commons will have a small majority for a quite different deal, which would be much more integrated with the EU. Then they will ask the EU, please give us more time, let's say one or two years, and we will stay within the EU for another two years to find out really what we want. And that, I think, is something the EU cannot refuse.
0: Right. But is that possible in the UK when you've got so many of the hardline Brexit people who say, no, we want out, we want out now?
2: The hardliners were always a minority. And uh, they will still be able to come back for a hard Brexit if there are new elections. So, and even if there's a second referendum, it can be confirmed. I think in Canada you had more than one referendum in Quebec. So, it is not unusual for democracy uh, to ask people to think twice about a very important issue.
0: Well, our referendums were 15 years apart, though. This one's only going to be a couple of years <laughs> apart. That makes a difference, I, I think.
2: Understand. Yes, I understand <laughs> the difference. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, the key thing is that it's for the people to determine Brexit and no Brexit, and for the parliament and to say which kind of Brexit. And, there... and that second step has not taken place yet.
0: It has not. Daniel, thank you so much for explaining that to us today.
2: You're very welcome.
0: I greatly appreciate that because now I understand much better what's actually happening there. I didn't understand very well before, but Daniel Groh, the director of the Center for European Policy Studies in Brussels.